The title of the message this morning is Saying No to the Fear of Man. Please say that with me. Saying No to the Fear of Man. I am going to move through a little bit faster perhaps than I would normally because there are a number of important things that I feel need to be covered. And I didn't want to split this into a two-part session, but uh, I'm trusting God to help me just to bring it together, together effectively in the time that we do have allocated. So, say no to the fear of man. That is the title this morning. Now, I want to begin by asking you a question. And, uh, and in asking this question, I, I want to say to you, like my dad used to say, please tell the truth and shame the devil, okay? The question is this, how many of you are prepared to admit that you struggle with the fear of man? My hand's up. I say, shucks, pastor, should you really be preaching? <laughs> I thought pastors are immune from stuff like this. Let me ask you another question. How many of you aren't prepared to admit it because you're afraid of what other people will think? <laughs> I see those hands. I see those hands. Now, I get a sense, folks, that, is, that there is far too much fear of man even in the lives of believers nowadays. And it is a problem. It's not okay. It's a problem that is hindering the people of God and it needs to be spoken about. I don't know if I have ever heard a sermon preached specifically on the fear of man. Lots of sermons preached about fear in general. But it's something that we need to speak about. Thankfully, the Bible speaks into this matter and presents us with the wisdom that we all need. It's wonderful how many things the Bible speaks into. And so, thank the Lord for the wisdom that comes through His Word. Amen? Now, allow me to share a simple scripture with you this morning. And this is the most important one that I'm about to go into now. A simple scripture this morning, but I believe that this verse of scripture could possibly change your life. It's found in Proverbs 29, verse 25. It says, The fear of man brings a snare. Think about that for a moment. Let that just sink in. This is tremendous wisdom from the Word of God. The fear of man brings a snare. It goes on to say, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Praise the Lord. The same verse is put very interestingly in the Good News Bible. It says, it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. Wow, isn't that so touching us where we live? <laughs> it's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. 
But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Another one, same same verse in the message translation. It says, the fear of human opinion disables. I'd like to even say that it paralyzes. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. So here we have the wisdom of God speaking into a very real situation. I have four points that I'd like to share with you. The last one is a brief one. The first one, number one, the fear of man is a very real problem that most of us face, if not all of us. I want to say it again. The fear of man is a very real problem that most of us face. The fear of of man can paralyze us from taking action when we should take action. It can silence us when we should speak out, but we don't speak out because we're worried, we're afraid of people. The fear of man is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And it's something that we should have victory over. Now, the fear of man, it actually feels very powerful when you're faced with it. But as we look at the Word of God, it seems like, no, that power is actually very deceptive. It's not a real power. There is a deception in that. And our verse for today, Proverbs 29, 25, there it is. The fear of man brings a snare. Please say that with me. The fear of man brings a snare. This is the most important verse I want to encourage you to learn uh, as a result of the message today. Now, let me try to illustrate the kind of fearful thoughts that we grapple with. And it was difficult for me to try to capture this, but I did the best I could just to give a sense of the little issues and fears and insecurities and struggles and things that we go through. Here's just a couple of things that I wrote of uh, fearful thoughts that we grapple with related to the fear of man. Here they are. Oh no, he's looking at me. What's he thinking? What's he thinking? Do I look okay? Someone's coming, someone's coming. I hear somebody coming down the passage at work. Ooh, my toes cringe, my toes cringe. My toes cringe and curl up. Who's it, who's it, who's it? Oh, okay, it's not so bad. They're bringing me tea. (laughs) Maybe I said the wrong thing. Shucks, maybe they misunderstood me. Clench your teeth. Mm, Grind your teeth. I'm stopped at the intersection in my car, waiting for the light to to change at the intersection. Please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. Don't look at me. Anybody around me, don't look at me. No, no, no. No, they looked at me. They looked at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. It's green. Finally, I can go. I can go. I'm walking in the mall and you're thinking to yourself, uh, please don't make eye contact. I don't like, uh, it feels awkward. I just want to walk. I just want to look. I just want to look. I just, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm just going. I'm just going. I'm, fear, I'm fearful of man. I won't admit it. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I can't lift my hands in, in church or, or at least not too high. I can't lift my hands. What are people going to think? If I lift my hands too high, what's my wife going to think? What's my husband going to think? They're going to think that I'm really loving Jesus, huh? you know? So in, instead of like lifting your hands properly in church, then you go to carrying the big screen TV mode. <laughs> Just carry the big screen TV. For some people, it's a bigger screen. What are people going to think of me if they see my hands are actually lifted? What's going what's to be like? Wow. What shall I do? I, I need to say no, but I can't say no. 
because I have to say yes. They've asked me to come, and I, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, but what must I do? I'm afraid, I'm fearful of man. Well, oh, shucks, I'm just scared, I'm just scared. I want to clench my fists, I want to clench my fists. Hopefully, hopefully nobody sees I'm clenching my fists. Man, and your toes are curling up, your teeth are grinding. You know what? This is, at the root of it, it's the fear of man. We're fearful of people in general. Now, God's word uses a powerful picture. It uses the picture of a snare to describe just how dangerous the fear of man is. Because I want to tell you the fear of man is not just a small thing. It is dangerous to your life. Now, let's put those two pictures on screen just to give you an idea. In terms of a snare... It's not a very commonly used term nowadays, but what is a snare? According to the Oxford Dictionary, it's a trap for catching small animals consisting of a loop of wire that pulls tight. That is what a snare is. Now, the significance of a snare from a spiritual point of view is that a snare, listen, is an instrument of death and of bondage. And the fear of man being a snare can be an instrument of bondage in your life, and even of death in a person's life. Let me try to demonstrate how a snare works. I've got this little cable here, which is perhaps similar to a snare. All right, so I've got this cable here, and I'd like to ask if uh, one of the ladies would just mind coming and putting their neck in here for a moment. No, 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 no. I didn't expect that. (laughs) Girl, stay in your seat. Thanks, precious. Now, here is, can I just get my farkis by my car now? So, here is the snare. Now, what happens, this is put along a little pathway in the bush, in the forest, etc. And the idea is that the animal comes along, doesn't see the snare, and then it might be a little fox or a little, uh, a little diker, some sort of an animal, and it comes along, and then it puts its head into the snare, and it begins to feel something, and instead of realizing the danger and pulling out, it doesn't realize the danger, it gets scared, and the first thing it wants to do is pull forward. And so it pulls forward, and suddenly it's getting... It's getting str- It can't get loose. It's getting into bondage. And pretty much, it's very unlikely that it will get out of the snare. And the animal will end up dying as a result. Now, God gives us this picture of a snare. And he says, you've got to realize the fear of man is very dangerous. Don't play with the fear of man because it will bring bondage, no doubt. It will hinder you from being able to do what the Lord wants you to do in life. And so we need to understand that this is something that is dangerous, and we need to take note of it. Let me give you a completely different example. I heard a story of a missionary. This missionary was a lovely man of God in his early 80s, and he had been speaking at a church meeting. Uh, He had just completed yet another church pastorate. Sometimes he was doing mission work, sometimes pastoring a church for five years, then mission work, then pastorate, and so on. And here he is, early 80s, take note, and he is 
telling the meeting this. He says this, this is the first time in my ministry that I haven't suffered from the fear of people. You kind of think, well, maybe by the time you're 80, you threw it. No more fear of people. I, I don't know. Yeah. But he's admitting that he struggles and has struggled his whole life. But he says, now for the first time, I'm ministering without the fear of people. He says, through all the earlier years, he feared. He feared the missions board. He feared the members. He feared the deacons. He feared losing his salary. And now he reached the point where he frankly actually couldn't care about it. It was remarkable that here this 80-year-old man was saying this. It was remarkable not so much that he struggled, but that he was prepared to admit it. I can imagine many younger pastors and leaders in that meeting would have thought to themselves, wow, sure, let this be an encouragement to me that I'm not going to go through my whole life and only at the age of 80 actually deal with something like this. Peter the disciple boldly stated that he was willing to go to prison and even die for Jesus. Yet within hours, he denied knowing Jesus to a young servant girl. The fear of man brings a snare. I do want to say this, that there's nothing wrong with having a good reputation. And Proverbs speaks of having a good reputation and a good, repu a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver or gold. So having a good reputation is commendable. But here's the thing. It is wrong to serve your reputation. It is wrong for you to live for your reputation. If we were to define what the fear of man is in a nutshell, I would submit to you that the fear of man is when you begin to worry too much or to care too much about what others are thinking about you. It begins to become an issue, what others think of you. So much so that it begins to control what you do and the choices that you make, and it hinders and brings us into bondage. By the way, the fear of man is two-sided. On the one side, it craves approval. On the other side, it fears rejection. So it's like, it's like accept me, accept me, approve me, tell me I'm nice, tell me I'm okay. Uh, don't reject me, don't reject me, accept me, accept me, don't reject me. This is what the fear of man actually does in our secret thoughts and hearts and lives. But ultimately, here's the problem. The fear of man places people in the place of God, and do you know what you call that? Idolatry. I would submit to you that the fear of man, according to Scripture, would actually be considered sin. And it's something that God, through being in Christ, wants to set you free from that bondage in your life. Listen to the statements on your screen. The one we fear is the one that we obey. And so if the fear of God is an issue in your life, then you would tend to be a people pleaser. It means such a lot to you to keep people happy. But if it's not such an issue in your life, the fear of man, then you would be a God pleaser. Now, John 12, verse 43 is on your screen. It says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And it's interesting, the context is during Jesus' ministry. During Jesus' ministry, there were some senior officials who actually believed in Christ but they were not prepared to admit it. Do you know why? For fear of the Pharisees. 
my goodness, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in, in heaven. But Jesus says, if you acknowledge me, child of God, if you acknowledge me, Jesus, before men, I will acknowledge you before the Father who is in heaven. And so I want to say, don't be an approval junkie. Be a God pleaser. Tell the person next to you, be a God pleaser. Now, I had to overcome the fear of man. Well, at times in my life, this is something that I deal with, that I wrestle with. One particular time, I remember I was about 19 years of age, and I had to overcome the fear of man in order to step out of my comfort zone and begin to lead worship for the first time at the age of 19. Now, let me tell you this. I had always been so comfortable drumming in my dad's church. I started drumming at about 11 years of age, and uh, at that point in time, 19 years of age, I'd been drumming for a bunch of years. I loved it, loved it. I still love drumming. Don't really get time to do it, but... You see, I felt that God was saying, John, you have to get out from behind those drums, and I want you to begin to lead worship. Who <sighs> me, Lord? <laughs> now, let me tell you about, in my situation, being a drummer, it's generally you at the back of the stage, you're covered by drums around you, you're covered by cymbals, and you feel safe. And if there's one person in the audience that makes you nervous, you adjust your cymbal, and you just get it in, in their way. You don't want to see that face. No, no, no. And so this was a big thing for me. I was so comfortable, but the Lord said, I want you to get out of your comfort zone, go to the youth pastor, tell him, you can see the worship is falling apart here at the youth. Uh, can I get a chance to actually lead uh, a band here, he says, well, you drum, who's going who's gonna to sing? I said, well, me, me, <laughs> Johnny Bear, we, I'm going to sing, and then I had a couple of buddies, electric guitarist, uh, bass guitarist, drummer, and you know what, here, it was given the green light, and I stepped out of my comfort zone, and I began to lead worship at the age of 18 for the first time, and something wonderful opened up in my life, which God has continued over many years, it's brought me such joy. But imagine if I said to the fear of man, ah, yes, 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 I'm saying yes to the fear of man. Imagine I would have missed out on so much of what the Lord wanted to do. Let me say this. The fear of man is like a snail hiding in its shell. That's where there's no progress. But to move ahead, the snail must come out of the shell. Let me tell you, I believe God might be speaking to some people here today. And he's telling you to come out of your shell. Number two, you are not inferior. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Say that with me. You are not inferior. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then notice this word, marvelous are your works. In other words, God does not make junk. You are made by God, you are not junk. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Now, allow me to mention a few things that are negative contributors to the fear of man. Listen carefully. Things like inferiority, insecurities, low self-image, constant comparison with others, self-doubt, self-confidence, inadequacy. You just feel I'm inadequate in life. 
I'm just inferior in life. I, I'm not really good at anything, but my friends, they like, they like better, and they get better marks, and they perform better, and you begin to feel inadequate. But I want to tell you this, that these characteristics are not in agreement with Psalm 139. It is not in agreement. And in fact, those things are being built on lies. The inferiorities are being built on lies. The insecurities are being built on lies. Let me tell you, don't build on lies. Build on what God says about you. Can I get an amen in this place? Now, part of overcoming the fear of man has to do with building your true identity. And this is your true identity in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, the truth is you are not inferior. You are sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You are enough. You have what it takes. Let me say this. You are not a miserable sinner, but you are righteous in Christ Jesus. You are not secure, insecure. Listen to that. You are not insecure. You are safe in the Father's love. Now, that's the truth. Begin to replace the lie with the truth. You are not inadequate. You have tremendous ability within you. Now, the Bible tells us that you and I, as people made in the image of God, that you are a masterpiece. Please say the word masterpiece. And it says that very word in Ephesians 2, verse 10, in the New Living Translation, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Other translations, they say workmanship. And when God works and makes something, his craftsmanship is of the highest standard. So we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good works, things he planned for us long ago. And so I want to ask you today, if you wanting to overcome the fear of man, something that you need to begin to do is come into agreement with your creator. That if the Lord of heaven and earth says that you are a masterpiece, says that you are his workmanship, come into agreement with that and see yourself through his eyes because I believe that you are special. I really believe that and I believe that you are a masterpiece. But listen, it's so important that you don't just hear that in your head, but you receive it in your heart that you actually begin to believe, yes, I am a masterpiece. Because only then will you treat yourself correctly, and only then will we realize our true value in Jesus. Come on, say amen. amen. Now, point number three, rejecting the fear of man opens the way for us to, I like this, be confident, fulfill our purpose, and be blessed. Psalm 27 from the New Living Translation, the first three verses are on your screen. Now, for people who have a particular battle with the fear of man, not just an average battle, but a severe battle, let Psalm 27 become your friend. This is what it says. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So, notice the, all the underlined parts. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So, why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Though I go into a situation where it looks very intimidating, my heart will not be afraid. 
even if I am attacked, I will remain, what's that next word? Confident. Say it again. Confident. It sounds to me like David began to say, enough is enough with this fear of man I've been battling with. David battled with the fear of man. He began to say, it's enough. Because God is my fortress and God is my strength. And he started to say no to the fear of man. And you know what? A confidence began to come into his spirit. And the same thing will happen to you. Confidence will come into your spirit. The fear of man robs us from fulfilling our purpose. But as we say no to it, we become more confident to step out. Spurgeon, there's a quote on your screen that says the following. A Christian need never be afraid of anybody. If you are doing right, you have no cause to fear even the wickedest man. We've got to say, it's almost like today we have to draw a line in the sand. We need to say, no more fear of man for me. I think of Aaron, the brother of Moses. You know that Aaron was a good man. He was a mighty priest of God, and through him, a wonderful priesthood was raised up. But you know what Aaron's trouble was? He feared the people. And so here Moses is up on Mount Sinai. By the way, it's Mount Sinai, not Sinai. He's up on Mount Sinai, and he's getting the Ten Commandments. He's getting the tablets. Way back then, they even had technology, had all the tablets and everything. So he's up on Mount Sinai. It's taking a long time. And what happens, the people down below the mountain start to put Aaron under pressure while Moses is away. And they start to say, I don't know what's happened to this Moses guy. He's taking a long time. And, and, and we want to worship like the other nations. And, and, and we, we, we want a God. We want an idol. And so he does the unthinkable. Aaron says, give me your earrings, your bangles, and everything. He, he fashions a golden calf. And the nation commits idolatry. They begin to worship this golden calf. Can you believe that? But the problem started when one man caved into the fear of man. When you cave into the fear of man, you could be opening the doors of your life for some scary things. And so I want to say to you, rather say no to the fear of man. Now, let me say this. When you start saying no to the fear of man... Listen, you begin saying yes to your destiny. Let me give you an example in terms of this. And uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus are examples of this. In John 19, verse 38 to 40, reading from the New King James Version, read it with me on the screen. And it says, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. In other words, he was an undercover, covert disciple. That ain't good. That ain't the way you want to do it, brother. So Joseph of Arimathea, he asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, he has Nicodemus on the scene, who at first came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus was a man of profile. But he didn't want other people to see him coming to Jesus. This was long before, by night. But here these two men are. 
And Nicodemus, who came, uh, at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds, one massive amount. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen and uh, with spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury. So I find, listen carefully, the mention of Joseph and Nicodemus here is very significant because both of them had previously displayed a fear of man. Joseph displayed a fear of man because he wasn't admitting his faith publicly. Nicodemus because he came to Jesus secretly by night. Both of them were in essence worried about what are people going to say about me? I can't be seen with Jesus. What are people going to say about me? But now things have changed and they are coming out boldly. Please say the word boldly. They are coming out boldly for Jesus. How can we say this? How can we say that they're coming out boldly for Jesus? Because let me tell you, to go public for Jesus and ask for his body just after Jesus' death when his cause was at the very worst meant that they were nailing their colors to the mast unashamedly. And maybe they decided enough of this fear of man. I don't care, but God has done a work in my life, and so I want the body of Jesus, and I'm going to bury this body, and here I am, Joseph, and Nicodemus comes to help, and it is amazing that these timid men now suddenly nail their colors to the mast for Jesus. Praise God. And let me say this, I believe Joseph was destined to have the honor of burying the body of Jesus Christ, but it would only happen as he said no to the fear of man. I want to tell you there's some things in your life of your destiny that will only happen when you begin to say no to the fear of man. Tell the person next to you, say no to the fear of man. Tell them that. The fourth point, which I said is a brief one, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now, would you say that with me, but with passion? Here we go. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now, let's take a look at our opening text just quickly again, but this time from the Amplified Bible, Proverbs 29, 25. This is the most important text of today. The fear of man brings a snare. Okay, we understand that. We focused on that. But now look, it says, but whoever leans on, trusts in, and puts his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. What a blessing comes when we put our confidence in the Lord. Amen? What a blessing. Now, the second most important scripture that I'd love for you to remember is Proverbs 14, verse 27. And this is what it says. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. But look, it goes on to say, to turn one away from the snares of death. Isn't that interesting? Because remember we said earlier that the fear of man brings a snare, but now we see what the result of the fear of the Lord is. It turns us away from snares and becomes a fountain of life. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want snares in my life. Neither do you. We don't want snares in our lives, and we want to be turned away from the snares 
by the fear of the Lord. And the wonderful thing says that I don't only turn you away from snares as you fear me, but you know what? I cause a fountain to begin to bubble up within you. This is the better way, folks. Please remember this verse of Scripture. It is powerful. It is special. And so God is showing us clearly the way to escape the fear of man, and it is, simply put, by walking in the fear of the Lord. That is the answer. That is the wisdom. Somebody said, how do you overcome the fear of man? And the surprising answer is that we overcome it with a greater fear, namely the fear of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? And do you know that many times in the Bible, it says, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. What wisdom is in that? The last scripture that I want to point out is Psalm 19, verse 9. It says, the fear of the Lord is pure. Another translation says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And I want to encourage you, as you are determined to walk out of here and begin to say no to the fear of man, as you are saying yes to the fear of the Lord, it is pure. It is beautiful. It does something in your life that endures even beyond this life and into eternity. Have you received the message today? If you have, say amen. 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 Please stand with me. Would you take the hand of the person next to you, please? Now, I'm going to pray a prayer. The sermon is very important but this moment, you, you can even take your hands across the aisles, join hands across the aisles. So I'm going to pray a prayer, but let me just read the scripture. It says, from Psalm 34, verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from my fears. The reason why the Lord has laid it on my heart to share this today is because He's talking to people. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. I sought the Lord, David says. I sought the Lord. Right now, we're going to seek the Lord in a moment of prayer. And thank you for your promise, Lord, which says, and he heard me and he delivered me. I thank you for an anointing of deliverance here today. I thank you for an anointing of deliverance today. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And we declare that today we are drawing a line in the sand. And by the grace and power of God, we say no to the fear of man. Say that with me. We say no to the fear of man. We are sick and tired of that thing. We also want to say, Lord, that we ask your forgiveness for allowing fear into our hearts. We renounce the authority that we may have given to a spirit of fear. We renounce that authority. We take that authority back and we give that authority to the Lord of our lives, Jesus. And now because that authority of the fear of man is broken, I declare I take up the sword of the Spirit and I cut off every negative effect in Jesus' name. I cut it off, I cut it off, I cut it off. I speak freedom to God's people in Jesus' name. And Lord Jesus, we purpose in our hearts 
that you will be the one that we fear, that we fear with reverential fear, that we fear with love, that we fear with worship, that we fear with obedience, that we fear with admiration. And so we thank you, Lord, that you are setting us free because him, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so, Lord, I pray that as we go into this week and the weeks that lie ahead, whenever the enemy tries to come, I thank you for spirit-empowered believers that will say no to the fear of man. Get behind me, Satan. I fear God and God alone. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Now give the Lord a big hand of praise. And would you say hallelujah? Praise the Lord.